Church, developing a culture of loving Christ and serving others. Good, good things God is doing. Well, I want to just uh, open the service up today as we head into worship and praise and we talk about how God stirs in our hearts and how does our physical body, right, that is kind of trapped in this spiritual experience that we're having. See, we, have, we, are, uh, we are physical beings that have s- spiritual encounters with God. And when we talk about spiritual, we're talking about a supernatural encounter with God. God is a supernatural being. It means he operates out of the natural realm. We exist in the natural, in the physical. And so our physical bodies sometimes have a hard time expressing the supernatural that's happening on the inside. You ever been there before? And this is the dynamic and the power of praise and worship. It's an opportunity for us to let our physical bodies line up with the supernatural work of God. And praise and worship is exactly that. And when we lift our hands in praise, we are doing what the Hebrew word for praise is yada. There are seven words in Hebrew that describe praise. The first week that we looked at was yada, was lifting up your hands. The Hebrew definition is like casting a stone or throwing an arrow. It's lifting up praise to God. It's the expression of the heart that God is worthy to be praised. And we surrender to him and we just rejoice. Or hallel, which is to dance foolishly before the Lord like David did and just throw off every preconceived ideas or our stigma or social status and everything that we have, we just throw it off and say, God, I'm going to dance and rejoice before you because you're good. There's Zimar, that we talked about a couple weeks ago, was praising God with music. And literally saying, putting the fingers on the strings. So when you see the instruments being played, whether it's the drums or the keys, it is a biblical act of worship and praise towards God. It is something that we don't just do because it's fun and cool, and that's what churches do. We are putting into practice what God says. It's an act of, act of worship and praise. We say, okay, then let's let our music speak and just proclaim how good God is. That is Zamar. And then last week was Tadal, which is to, to praise him for the things that you haven't seen happen yet. You've got a prayer in your life. You've got something that is a circumstance that is dark, it's gloomy, there's a storm, and you haven't seen the light yet. But you, in the middle of that storm, you're praising God for the answer that will come that you haven't seen yet. You're praising God for what he's going to deliver you and pull you out of for what you haven't experienced yet. The streams in the desert, the way or the path in the wilderness, he will provide it for you. And when we praise him, when we worship him for that, he begins to open our hearts and our eyes to be able to see it when he says, do you not see it? And if we want to see it, we better start praising him like we do see it. He's going to give it. And he answers this with praise. And today, week five, we're looking at Barak. Now that's the Hebrew word for to bend To kneel, to bow before the Lord. To bless God in this way. The expression of our posture and positioning ourselves to bless God as we surrender and we bow before our King in praise and worship. It's the the heart that expresses itself physically. Amen? 
I love hearing stories of people and how God is interacting with them and God is leading and teaching and showing and revealing and speaking in so many ways. And this last week I had uh, uh, reached out to Sonny and Sonny is a uh, uh, an amazing uh, guy who I've just enjoyed getting to know over the last uh, year and a half or two, and he has just been uh, fantastic. Him and his wife, Connie, are serving in our church, and they are former pastors in Arizona. They've, they ministered for a number of years there, and I love having people who are, uh, we have got some fantastic pastors and people of ministry here that just bring richness into this place. And so, uh, give uh, Sonny a warm welcome as he comes up here to share just a little bit about what God is doing. Come share with us just a little bit of uh, God's faithfulness in your life, brother.
Thank you very, very, very much. Love you guys. This is amazing. Isn't this good? Yes. And, and Sonny, I'll give you the $5 later. If they're... Thank you for those kind words, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Appreciate you. This is uh, so much fun to just think about the vision and what God is doing inside of all of us. And kneeling to God's word, kneeling to God's power, and bowing to his authority, his plans, his provision, his timing, his healing, his answers. Those are all areas in our life of praise that we can bow and kneel before him and just confess to God and worship and praise and say, God, you are king. You are my Lord, and I bow to you. Barak, I will praise you with my physical posture and bless your name. Let my physical body express what's happening in my heart. Sometimes we ask the question, Is what it, does, does praising God with my physical body really matter? Is God really concerned about whether I stand or sit? Or does he really care if I'm kneeling or if I'm in my prayer closet that's a literal closet or if it's just a space that I can center myself in? Does it really matter where we're at when we praise or how we do it? Well, the answer to that is really yes and no. It's yes and it's no. No, it doesn't matter because your physical worship doesn't make you a worshiper. Somebody can lift their hands and be thinking about lunch after service, right? Now, the yes is, yes, it matters because our body expresses physically what's happening supernaturally. It's the emotion that's coming out. It's the feelings, it's the awe, it's our body language, right? When uh, political debates are happening, a lot of times commentators are talking about the body language. They're looking at how they shook each other's hands. Well, he shook his hand, the other person's hand with his hand upside down. He's less dominant. He comes to shake his hand with his hand over. I mean, he means he's dominating. He was talking with a direct eye contact. And, you know, it's not as much about the words as it is about the body language, because the body can kind of express what's happening on the inside, right? Let me tell you a little story. And this is a, a, a little humorous story about a pastor and peanuts. A preacher visits an elderly woman from his congregation. And as he sits on the couch, he notices a large bowl of peanuts on the coffee table. Mind if I have a few? He asks. Oh, not at all, the woman replies. And they chat for an hour, and as the preacher stands to leave, he realizes that instead of just a few peanuts, he's emptied the bowl. Oh, I'm terribly sorry for eating all of your peanuts. I, I really only meant to eat a few. And she says, oh, that's all right. Ever since I lost my teeth, all I can do is suck the chocolate off them anyways. We, we, we are responding physically what's happening on the inside. I, I, I said this, uh, this story at the first service. Colby Moffat, he comes um, up to me afterwards, and I asked him, I says, okay if I share this story? And he said, he said yeah, yeah, go ahead. He tells me the story of their little girl, Violet, who is just a doll. And their, their girls are just a, 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 a boy... Colby has got a handful with these girls, you know, and so they, they are spunky, and they are fun, and they're adorable, but 
But uh, Violet comes up to Colby and says, Dad, I did something r really wrong, and please don't be mad at me. Uh, he's like, okay, she's confessing, and let's just hear what this is. And, and she says, you know the, the flossers that you have? I suck all the mint off of those and put them back in the package. <laughs> he says, so you can tell that story. I said, yeah, thank you. Now, you might be thinking at this time, what on earth does this have to do with worship, these stories that you're telling? Well, what I'm seeing when I'm looking across as these stories are being told is a smile upon your face, upon your face. A smile is a representation naturally of what's happening on the inside. Your physical body is beginning to express the emotion of joy, of something that's humorous. It's something that's intangible, but it's making its way out that is tangible and touchable. That is really the essence of the expression of worship physically. You see, it's all about what is coming out of the heart, and we just let it come out with our body so that our body can line up with what's happening in our soul. Right? The supernatural experience is Boring out. And let me just say, when this marriage happens, and when we release the, the, the praise and worship, and some of us, we're just not there yet because it's a little too uncomfortable to raise our hands, and that's okay. God, God just, we just do this however God is leading us. But when we do step out in faith and we say, God, I'm going to kneel before you, whether it's confessing sin or confessing his lordship or bowing to him, or whether it's raising our hands or closing our eyes, these are all physical expressions. And when we surrender our physical body, Paul said to beat our, our bodies, right, into submission. Sometimes we need to do that. Have you ever been to like an altar service, a camp meeting, or even church where there's an altar call and you're just like putting your hands in your pocket because you know the, the speaker is speaking to you and the Holy Spirit is, is just drawing you up there and you're kind of fighting that? It's your physical body that is wanting to move because there's something spiritually happening to you that the expression of just moving forward or raising your hands is something that we surrender our physical body to the expression of God's spirit moving inside of us. This is worship and this is why the body language of worship is important because when we surrender our body to what's happening to the inside, there becomes a circle of relationship of God's spirit moving and motivating inside of us. And when you take a step of faith, and let's face it, it takes a step of faith to lift your hands in worship. For some of us, it is a step of faith. You just are saying, I want this, but I don't want the attention. And I totally get it. I totally understand that. Or, or coming up front for prayer or to, to kneel or to bow. And we're going to have time for that after the service today. But it can be a little daunting at first because you're thinking, I don't want anybody's eyes on me. I don't want the attention. And, and we can kind of uh, hold ourselves back in worship because our, our bodies sometimes don't want to line up with what's happening on the inside. But when we do, God blesses us and will take you into a deeper area, arena, atmosphere of worship and adoration and uh, concentration when your mind, body, and soul are, ma are matched together in the expression of worship, what your heart attitude is already saying. You hear what we're, we're, we're communicating here? And this with Barak is one of the most important physical postures of worship that we can give to God. It really is a gift. 
It's how we can praise God and bless him. Remember, part of this is the definition to bless God. When you step out on faith and you bless God with, with, with your physical body and saying, God, I'm blessing you. And I'm just letting the expression of what, my, what you have done in my life outwardly to you. And I don't care if anybody sees it, but to you, God, then he rewards you. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we come to him with faith. So we praise him as in Psalms 103, praise the Lord, O my soul. I mean, if we were to hear the cry from David on this, praise the Lord, my soul. He's talking about his all my inmost beings. Just praise his holy name. He has a recognition of how holy God is. And he has a recognition of inside of him. There just is something that he desires. Everything that he has to offer to give God. Everything that he has given to him. His soul. And in Psalm 95 it says this with Barak. Come, let us bow down in worship. And let us kneel before the Lord our maker. It's a beautiful aspect of what God is doing on the inside. It's the expression of what we are, what God is doing, and letting our bodies match that. That's what this is all about. There's three things I want to just highlight real quickly um, about what this means to us as we are elevating and, and having an awareness and a heightened sense of worship in our lives and with this barak. And how this ties to us and the importance of it. I firmly believe that there are, we have a closer relationship with God when we don't just go through the motions, but we know why those motions are there. And when we know why, that we can have a greater authenticity and genuineness, especially in the area of praise and worship. And so I want to talk a little bit, real briefly, about why to bend, to kneel, and to bless God. Kneeling before God, number one acknowledges the lordship of jesus christ in your life simply put maybe you remember the first time you came to god and you said god i am i want you to be lord of my life and you may have been kneeling down before him you may have been face down you may be a head down and eyes closed and you are you are surrendering that your lordship or your control of your life and you're giving that over to him and his authority and his lordship and you're making a decision saying jesus you're king of my life now and I no longer make decisions based on what I think or how I feel, but I'm going to trust in you and your word. And I surrender and I'm going to kneel before you. It's the image and it's the expression of submission to God. It is the expression that you are kneeling before him. What your heart is doing, your body will follow. Philippians 2 says this, Therefore God exalted him, that's Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. So that's everywhere. At the name of Jesus, one day, everybody will bow at that name. Every knee will touch the floor. And every tongue will be moved to say that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the barak of saying, God, I bless you with my knee, with my posture, with bowing down before you. And I confess with my body, my soul, my mind, my heart that you are Lord of my life. 
And number two, to bend or bow before God is a sign of deeply asking or asking deeply. Have you ever been in that situation? Have you ever been into a place where you just don't know how things are going to work out? Have you ever been into a situation that you've created and you don't know how to get out of it? Like Jonah, where he ran from God, he created the storm. Some of us find storms and stor- or storms find us. He went into a storm that he created. And some of us have created a storm. We don't know how to get out of it. And so we ask God, we come to a place, we say, God, I need you. I don't know how to get out of this. Lord, I need answers. Lord, I'm in pain. I'm in hurt. Lord, I just don't know. And I'm deeply requesting more of your presence and answer. God, I have a need in my life, and it's you to take control. It's you to deliver. This addiction, I can't take care of it on my own. It's yours. I need you. I have this deep asking of my soul that is crying out to you out of desperation. Have you ever been there? And in those moments, our body is a natural response to just fall down in desperation and say, God, I need. God, I can't do this on my own. Lord, I need an answer from you. God, I need help. Father, be with me. Father, protect me. Father, I want to do your will. And if these prayers that we're reciting here on your heart, know that it's appropriate because if it's appropriate for Jesus, it's appropriate for you. And when I was reading through Matthew in chapter 26, and Jesus' ministry is coming to a close, and and the, the cross that he knew was going to happen. It was just about to happen. He's just hours away. And then there's, he's in that night. He's in the dark place. He's by himself. And as a human, he is fighting that natural flesh of the pain and the suffering that's about to happen. He knows full well what it means to suffer on the cross. He has seen plenty of people who have been suffering and crying out, bleeding on the roads, who have been just lined with people dying. He knows what lays ahead. And as a human, he doesn't want this. And so it says, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as my will, but your will. There is an opportunity for us to submit, to pray, to praise, to worship God's will in our life. Jesus said, not my will, but your will, Father. And sometimes we need to come to him, bow before him, and just say, God, this isn't my life. This is yours. Every breath I take is not for my own benefit. It is for your benefit. And every day that I have is a gift to honor you with, not to honor me with. And Lord, I want to put you first in my life, and I want to have my thoughts, and I want to do what you have, you have created me to do today. And so I lay down everything that I have planned out for myself. And every strategy that I have, and I give it over to you, God, and I want to do your will. Maybe that's where we're at, to just bend or bow down as a sign of deeply asking for God to move in our lives and to do his will. And number three, to bless or a sign of person, personal humility or surrender. Job experienced this. He had hardship. He had pain, right? I mean, if anybody went through some suffering, it was Job. Other than Jesus, Job was was in the middle of this. And in Job chapter 1, it says that this, he got up, he tore his robe, which was a sign of just 
everything is, he's stripping everything away, shaved his head, which is a sign of humility, and then he fell to the ground and worshiped. He needed to come to God and say, everything that I have has come from you. Naked I came into this world and naked I will return. And a realization that nothing that he has acquired, all the riches, all the cattle, everything that he had, even his family, wasn't something that he created but God. And so he came to a point of humility and submission and surrender and said, God, I have no pride in my life. Everything I have is yours. And if this is what you have for my life, then so be it. He was willing to come to God and just say, Lord, I am bowing before you. I'm falling on my face and saying, God, whatever you have for me, I'm still going to praise you. The physical aspect of praise and worship and lining up with the heart and the attitude is the most important thing that we can do to bless God and to praise Him. I want to ask the worship team to come forward as we're going to close in a song and give some time to, to think and reflect and, and to possibly just reach out to God in a way that maybe He has been talking to you. Our pray or our praise of Barak creates absor- absorption of worship. And I want to just kind of step into that throne room of grace for a little bit that we talk about so freely. That throne room of grace that we can come boldly into and just kind of hover on that. Because when we're talking about praise and worship and we're saying coming to the presence of God and God inhabits the presence of his people, right? In praise. God is a loving father. And he calls us his friends. Jesus said, you're not my servants, you're my friends. And we're disciples and we're, we're co-laborers with Christ and we're children of the king. And we have all of these beautiful images of what God has called us into. And he's a father of peace and restoration. And he does that. And we, he's a loving, kind father. And sometimes we think of coming into the throne room of grace of just only that. But I think that we're missing a big piece of the picture When we come into the throne room of grace, we're coming into the presence of pure holiness. We are coming into a place that is completely brilliant with uncontaminated righteousness. A place where the God of the universe sits on the throne where all authority bows before him. We come to a place where we just come and enter into his presence. There is a stark difference, right, of God's holy, his holiness and how we've lived our life up to this point. And it's at that moment where we realize we don't belong there. But through his grace of Jesus in our life, he intercedes for us by stepping onto that cross willingly and allows us to take on Jesus' name of righteousness. So when we step into that throne room of grace, we're not stepping in by our account, by our works, our deeds, how good we have been or merited 
but by what Jesus has done and washed and made you pure through faith in his name. So we don't come praying, Lord God, I ask that you give this to me in Seth's name or whatever name. It's in Jesus' name. And when he sees his son Jesus, he sees righteousness and holy. And when he sees you and you've accepted Jesus' righteousness and holiness, we can step into a place that we don't belong. We can step into a place that we don't deserve to be into. And God doesn't just say, hey, I'm going to let you enter in a little bit. No, he tore the curtain that way, that day, allowed you into the holy of holies. Of awesome, awe-inspiring presence of what holiness and righteousness looks like. So when we come to him... We can come knowing, when we say boldly, we're boldly because Jesus. We come to him, and at the presence of God, it's a natural response for us to just kneel before a king. Here's the thing, as I was thinking about this, you know how difficult it would be to set up a meeting with the President of the United States? And have to go through all those loopholes and all that security just to, just to have a meeting with him. If it would be even possible, probably not. But the king of the universe has opened up the door for you to walk freely at any moment. And where you can come to him with all kind of prayers, with all kind of petitions. And he cares about every single one of them because he cares about you. And it causes us in our heart to naturally just say wow and the aspect of praise 29 times in Psalms alone says come to him with this kind of perspective of praise and worship in your hearts and bowing before the king and recognition of who he is the authority in your life and every single person's life can I just say that there was nobody who is not under the authority of Christ whether they recognize him or not one day they will bow to the authority of Jesus in his name. So I'm going to ask that we stand together. We have an awesome opportunity. At any moment, God invites us to come into that place that we can only come to with Jesus on our side. That's exactly what Jesus does. He allows us to go to a place that we can't go on our own. Into the holy presence of God. So we're going to sing a song. And I think it's the same song that we did last time. The surrender. The song's beautiful. Now it's surrendering. So if anything, listen to the words. And let your heart line up with what is, God is speaking to you. And we're going to have some time to just praise Him with Barak, but with our body language of just saying, God, I'm kneeling to you. I'm kneeling here at the altar. You can kneel at the chair. It's a personal expression, as it always should be and always is, always will be. This is between you and God. There's no pressure. This is just an opportunity and invitation. If you've done this before and knelt before God and let God's heart, your heart express your love to Him, then you know how it benefits the soul. If you haven't, this is a little uncomfortable for you, try it out. See what happens. See how God meets you. Especially at the altar, there's something about coming forward and just bowing down before him in praise and worship.
So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to uh, sing this song, and we're going to, uh, you can just join me up here. I'm going to be up here praying with my knees uh, bent before the Lord, and just rest. You can sing, you can praise, you can stay quiet, whatever it is. It's up to you and God. The whole point is let your heart just be expressing what it says to God. God, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us the opportunity to worship and praise you in multiple different areas, different ways. But God, we come to you with genuineness, seeking more of you, and seeking to bless you. We want to give back to you a portion of, what, Lord, just a small of what you have given us, all of us. You have blessed us. You've been faithful. You've promised us. And you, have, you have shown yourself faithful to us. We thank you. At this moment, God, we're dedicating this time to you to just spend time in kneeling before you, acknowledging you, your authority and your kingship over our lives. We surrender to you today in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. For more information on Northview Church, please visit northviewutah.com.